have managed to construct a mold, a biological mold, because that's what the artificial skin is. The first idea of kind of engineering skin came in the 70s. I was not even born. <laughs> Young me. This biological mold is used by the patient to regrow or rebuild the skin that was lost in injury. And uh, the idea was cool. I mean, the proof of concept was brilliant, but it just didn't fly because it's difficult. I mean, to produce a lot of skin in a short time, in an affordable way, high quality, personalized, so every patient has a different, uh, let's say, product. Today, how 19 years of lab finally paid off. I mean, it's, it's a huge challenge. And I think now, as, as our chief innovation officer always says, it's the, the, plan, the planets have aligned, you know? Daniela Marino is the CEO of Cutis. This is Beyond Tech, a short-form podcast where you learn something new every episode in around 10 minutes. Maybe now we are really at the point where we should push because it's the right time. We know much more about biology than 30 years ago or 40 years ago, and we have so much technology on our, on our, on our table, you know, that we can use. It blows my mind. They are actually creating human skin. So I think to, to help the listener understand a little bit what you're doing. So I think it's amazing. Uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> I think you're on the forefront of something. Could you give a quick introduction? So Kutis, what is what is mm-hmm. the magic behind it? Or what, what, are, you, what yes. are you doing? Oh, that, there's no magic. <laughs> Unfortunately, not yet. <laughs> We're working on it. But <laughs> so far, it's pretty down to earth. So, uh, I mean, we basically uh, are a spin-off of the um, University Children's Hospital. So our project started in 2001 at the university uh, out of frustration. So the surgeons which are treating patients with burns and big skin defects were frustrated by the fact there is nothing they can use to help those patients but the very conventional standard method which has been around for two centuries with no major evolution. And uh, the lab was created and the aim was we need to create a way to produce skin on demand. For people, personalized skin, custom-made skin, which can be done in lots of lots of quantities. I mean, don't forget organ. I mean, the biggest organ in our body is skin. So it's square meters of of organs that we need to manufacture. And uh, starting from a small piece. So talk me through, how do you do that step by step? So the idea would be to give the patient the minimal distress. So taking a small piece, extracting the cells, growing the cells, and then combining them with a scaffold. In our case, it's like a pudding, a gel. And then create a lot of these grafts in square meters, really, and bring it back to the patient and heal their wounds. We are in clinical phase, in clinical development, so we are not on the market yet. We have a lot to do, a lot to prove and show and, and demonstrate. But uh, we know what we want, and I think that's uh, we know there is a need, and that's why we will push it uh, as to, to, the, to the best of our potential. Just to put it in, in, in perspective as well, I mean, if you look at the time frame you mentioned, 2001, the, there was <laughs> the, the problem, and 
that yeah now we have 2020 <laughs> so it's 19 years right yes <laughs> it's a long way right i mean uh, of course academic times are not industrial times so it just takes a little bit longer usually but i think it's a success that after 20 years we have a company we have a team we are really uh, you know looking at all the different aspects of a commercial product uh, i would think that's what we are building and what we have built so far it's already a success no matter how at the end the product will will be on the market if at all but i think we have built on what we we have we have learned and that's for me already a success i mean that uh, it did not just remain into a, a finding or a discovery it's turning into something which could be out finally to those that need it right so that's for me already a success when we <laughs> fought in 1990 yeah. that now 2020 will be the year where we can reproduce a heart mm -hmm. and it didn't really happen why do you think it's like that? With the other technologies, biology did not really um, <laughs> cope with the expectations. We probably know much better than 30 years ago how a heart theoretically should be built. But matter of the fact is we are not there yet. We can do pieces of the heart, which is great. So I think we have advanced a lot and people have benefited a lot from these new discoveries. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, we thought we would know everything by now. We thought that we would get down to the details. We thought that we would control every single interaction of cells with scaffold or cells with cells. And we will absolutely decode every single mechanism. And matter of the fact is we are not even close. So um, if you want to build a heart today, yeah, good luck. Why do you think biotech is so unpredictable? How do we get all these predictions so wrong? You know, the first science was physics and mathematics, and uh, that's it's an observational thing. So you need to discover things, and uh, you need to be precise because you need to write what you discover into a formula, and that formula works. You know, I mean, you have you you need to be precise, and then biology kind of came from that, from that uh, mentality of precision and control, and and we I think only now realize that's not the same. I mean, you cannot have one science. I think physics and biology are different. I mean, they are definitely cousins, but uh, it, it's different. I mean, biology needs uh, much more creativity, let's say, and much more open-minding uh, and behavioral skills than, than physics needs. Um, now, the, the people working in physics will kill me, but uh, <laughs> I think that we, we will improve biology knowledge uh, if we really start looking at things in a, in a different perspective and being less control freaks. And because human beings are control so we tend to understand every we want to understand everything and then we see we got lost into details and uh, uh, we thought that by uh, sequencing the whole human genome we will know everything and we will cure all diseases and time has passed and uh, it doesn't look like that so uh, my theory is that we should really reconsider humans as part of nature as a, as a big and nature knows what to do and we always say oh nature knows what to do our oh, nature does the best we are part of that too so we should use our bodies as part of this big big uh, design um and and we should just give our bodies the chance to decide what to do and know what to do there is some basic um, writing in our code, uh, which is uh, common to all the species on this on this on this planet, including plants. I mean, there is some basic thing which may be universal, but then you need to give a chance to each individual to to find its own way. And uh, if you look back, I mean, we have evolved for how many years now as a human species? 
I mean, I think nature knows what to do. I mean, otherwise we would be extinct by now. So with all the mess we have done, I mean, in the <laughs> in the past, I mean, I think it. I think that's the future. I think the key word is regeneration. You need to promote regeneration, but only promoting. You don't have to push or invent regeneration or understanding regeneration fully. You need to promote it. And now, how to promote it? That's the key. And we get there, but it's a different perspective when you say you want to build a heart and implant it, or when you say, I want to give some sort of scaffold, maybe a 3D printed scaffold, which has the right minimum mixture that once it goes back on the body, it will regenerate into a heart. And if you see, that's more or less the concept we have at Kutis as well with the skin. We don't transplant a skin which is done. It's fixed fertig. It's not fixed fertig. You go back on the body and this premature skin will regenerate on the body. So everybody is having, is having his own skin and his own chance to regenerate the way he wants. <laughs> if we will turn into a future where you will have a mechanic heart that replaces your bio heart, you know, that's a different story, but that's biomechanics. It's a different thing, you know. Then you say, okay, your heart is broken. We give you a titanum, titanum or whatever you say that, uh, a heart that is a perfect machine and it's controlled by microchips and you can, you know, that's a different thing. But if we want to get bio <laughs> and we don't want to build the next generation of robots, we need to go that way. But maybe the two things at one point will combine. Don't forget that biotech is actually a combination of biology and technology. And that's why actually at Kutis we are also working on machines just to be on the on the on, right on spot. Trend. Yeah. <laughs> because you know, to produce these organs or even these premature organs, the more technology you can involve into it, the more precise you can be and the more safe you can be for the patient. As as we we look at prediction in this podcast, and I think predictions are always hard, especially if they concern the future, right? Yeah. So what what is your way of the future going to look like in this sector? The key is regeneration. So I think there will be definitely major discoveries in the next years, which will allow us to help our body heal and help our body our body regenerate our, you know broken parts um, together with technology, of course. I mean, but I think we should really reput the human body at the center, in the center of the of the of the equation. What is very interesting, I think, and what I think will come soon is uh, two aspects. One is really this um, involvement of your gut bacteria in your life. I think the more we understand about this, the more we go back to the roots of what humans actually are. We will probably help people heal faster and, and easier. And the brain. I mean, the brain is probably the biggest black box we have. And we have no idea, honestly, how that works. Um, so we were stuck for centuries thinking that neurons cannot regenerate. Now we know they can. So I think from this step by step, we will probably uh, see a lot of new surprises yeah, in the field. So we'll see. Beautiful. Yeah. What, what, what time frame would you put on, on these things? 15 years. 15 years? Yeah, because I need to see it. Before I, before I it die. It has to happen, so, right? It has to happen before I retire. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Beyond Tech, a podcast from Digital Switzerland. My name is Matthias, and if you find these episodes interesting, and if you learned something new today, let us know. We'd also like to hear what topics you're curious about and what episodes we should cover in the future. This podcast was produced by Tinka Media. Music came from Blue Dot Session. If you like this podcast, please rate it and share it with your friends. In the next episode... Let's imagine buildings talk. Yeah? And we listen. So that's, that's all we do. 
looking forward to catching up with you in a week.